0: You're listening to Beltway Beef, official commentary of the National Cattlemen's Beef Association's Policy Division in Washington, D.C. I'm Ed Frank, NCBA's Director of Policy Communications, and this week's bumper music comes to us courtesy of Virginia Cattlemen slash talented singer-songwriter slash friend of NCBA, Scott Miller. Uh, you may have seen Scott Miller featured on NCBA's Cattleman to Cattleman TV show last month. Uh, if you missed it, you can still check it out on YouTube, and definitely check out his music sometimes. He makes a lot of good stuff. Anyway, until SiriusXM hires me to talk about country music, I'm getting paid to talk about beef today. So, I guess that's what we should get to, Uh, specifically American-produced beef getting final clearance to be exported into China for the first time since 2003. And here to discuss that is Kent Backus, NCBA's Director of International Trade and Market Access. Kent, thanks for joining us today. Happy to be here. Uh, Now, Kent, can you explain to us why American beef producers have been locked out of China for so long? and what some of the final details are that were recently announced.
1: So this all goes back to 2003, the cow that stole Christmas. Uh, We had a BSE case, and it shut us out of a lot of markets overseas, including China. It's taken us a long time to really get back into that market because China's had a lot of concerns about about uh, BSE-related issues. Uh, So it's taken us a while to educate uh, the Chinese government, to show them that what we produce is safe, uh, but also, China uh, takes a long time to negotiate as well. It's not an easy market to get into. So we've done a lot uh, to prepare uh, our negotiators uh, with what uh, we were able to, uh, to do to meet that demand, uh, what we're able to do to meet that uh, supply. And uh, fortunately, the political winds uh, blew the right direction, and the stars aligned, and uh, China was willing to negotiate. And once China is, is willing to negotiate, things move pretty quickly. So we saw a lot of development over uh, the last uh, few months. And uh, fortunately, we're, we're starting to see the first shipments arrive into the Chinese market. So <clears throat> the overall protocol was, uh, was, was finally uh, implemented uh, recently. And so we have been able to get some of the definitions of what that includes. Uh, primarily, uh, there is a 30-month age restriction on the uh, the uh, beef from um, <clears throat> that'll go into China, so all the cattle have to be slaughtered before they reach thirty months in age. Uh, China also requires what's referred to as a book in traceability system for us. So any cattle uh, that'll be destined for the Chinese market has to be tagged at their place of birth, uh, and then that tag will be read to the point of slaughter. Uh, we uh, <clears throat> we also uh, have some definitions in place that uh, you know China has has confirmed that they will remain open in the case that we ever have another BSE uh, uh, case. And and that's important because, you know, we had one case so many years ago, we've been out of the market ever since. So now we have that assurance that China will remain open if we have another case. Uh, as far as plant registrations go, instead of China having to confirm each and every plant that will uh, export to uh, to the Chinese market, those plants only have to be approved by USDA's Food Safety Inspection Service. That's a big advantage that we have over a lot of other countries who do not have uh, that uh, specific requirement. Uh, but looking at the scope of the products, we're gonna be able to send chilled and frozen products. A lot of countries are only limited to frozen, uh, so that, that higher end, higher value chilled market something we can really capitalize on. Uh, we'll be able to sell both bone-in and boneless beef Uh, along with hearts, livers, kidneys, omasum, tongue, uh, oxtails, uh, some of the hanging tenders, the cheek meats, a lot of other things that Americans find less desirable, we'll be able to sell those at a premium. We do have some other restrictions on what we can sell. Uh, We cannot use certain technologies on the cattle that are going to be destined for that market, uh, specifically uh, hormones and beta agonists. China has two laws uh, that prevent the use of those technologies. So uh, this is something that was really hard for us to to have to come to terms with. But in order to have access to that market, everyone has had to uh, comply with this. Every other country that's had access, gained access to China, has had to deal with this as well. So we're going to see a smaller percentage of cattle who will be eligible first. But uh, one other thing that's different from, from our protocol than others is that China will test for these residues at the border instead of us having to certify that they've never been fed or never used these products. So, um, you know, this is an important opportunity for us. We're we're finally back in this market. It's going to take us some time to rebuild our presence there. Uh, You know, we've been out for 13 years. We're going to have to redevelop these supply chains. We're going to have to build that consumer confidence and so we see this as more of a long-term investment uh, rather than a short-term splash in the market.
0: Yeah, so now we talk about trade in sort of philosophical terms, um, in general terms a lot of times, um, but we're talking about opening up basically the world's largest market, 1.3, 1.4 billion new beef consumers. What is that going to mean for the typical American cattle cattleman or cattlewoman?
1: So I think the,
0: the population size of
1: China is something you can't ignore, like you said, one point four billion people, it's a fifth of the world's population, the middle class bigger than the entire US US population. <clears throat> At the same time, China is has also started importing record amounts of beef. They're Chinese consumers, they want that high-end safe product. Uh, and so we see a lot of opportunity there. China is actually becoming the biggest importer. They are support they're surpassing the US as the biggest importer in the world. So we see this as a as a big opportunity in the long run. Uh, But it's going to take time. We're going to have to build that demand.
0: All right. Now, shifting gears uh, a little bit, another trade issue uh, is NAFTA. NCBA just recently submitted official comments regarding the pending renegotiation of NAFTA. Um, What is the status of that renegotiation, and what did NCBA's comments generally say? As far as the overall status goes,
1: uh, right now uh, the administration is within a 90-day window period of when they can actually begin these negotiations. We expect them to start around August 16th or 17th, um, and we expect uh, the administration to make the announcement of of what the scope of their overall negotiations will be uh, probably sometime in mid-July. Give give Congress about a month's notice before they actually start negotiating. Uh, So as far as our priorities, it's pretty simple. I mean, for us, NAFTA has been one of the greatest trade agreements we could have asked for. It's hard to improve upon duty free unrestricted access to Canada and Mexico NAFTA's created a billion dollar export market in Canada and a billion dollar export market in Mexico so our message is pretty clear let's do no harm and that's a message that's been resonating with secretary Perdue and with our new USTR uh, representative Lighthizer over there uh, you know so we we want uh, our negotiators to do no harm let's not mess with the good thing don't jeopardize the access we have and certainly, certainly don't use the NAFTA negotiations as a vehicle to bring back failed policies like mandatory country of origin labeling. There are pressure uh, from some of the protectionists out there who are trying to sell this as a buy American, you know, uh, America first policy. This is a failed policy. This was the law of the land for over six years. It led to it led to a potential billion dollar trade war with Canada and Mexico. We've, we know that this doesn't work. We don't need to relive failed policy of the past. Let's get these negotiations done so we can move on and try to secure a bilateral with Japan, which is our biggest export market. Let's try to get that done in the next year.
0: All right. Kent Backus, I know you're a very busy man, so thank you for joining us today.
1: Happy to be here. Thank you. You've
0: been listening to Beltway Beef. Until next time, eat beef and follow us online at beefusa.org and on Twitter at at Beltway Beef. Thanks for listening.